I'm Andy Viano, a staff writer at the Flathead Beacon, and today is Saturday, March 21st. This is our daily update on the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, and its impact on the Flathead Valley. This podcast is made possible by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. To find out how to join and show your support for local independent journalism, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. In today's episode, you'll hear clips from my interview with Kalispell Public Schools Superintendent Mark Flateau, who talks about how his district and others in the Valley are preparing for the possible extension of school closures beyond next week. But before we get to that, an update on the news that broke late Friday night involving two cases of coronavirus in Flathead County. This morning, the Flathead City County Health Department and administrators with Kalispell Regional Healthcare held a joint virtual press conference to discuss the two cases. This afternoon, the Flathead City County Health Department was notified that we had two positive tests from Flathead County. Um, one was a male in his 50s and the second was a male in his 30s. The male in his 50s is not a resident of Flathead County. He is a resident of Illinois and therefore will be not be counted towards the total number of cases in Montana or Flathead County. That man, according to officials, had limited contact with others in the Flathead Valley and he was quickly isolated. The second man, however, was a physician within the Kalispell Regional Healthcare System. Dr. Jeff Jaden, an infectious disease physician and a member of the hospital's incident command team, explained. One of our physicians traveled out of state on Wednesday, March 11th. Uh, he returned on Friday, March 13th, back to Montana. He traveled by car and he traveled alone. The physician reported for work on Monday, March 16th and showed no symptoms of COVID-19. By the afternoon, he reported a sore throat to hospital officials and mentioned his recent travel, but did not apparently meet the CDC criteria to be tested. Officials did not reveal where the man traveled, only to say it was, quote, not a particularly high-risk area. The doctor worked again on Tuesday and early Wednesday before being sent home, quote, before lunch on Wednesday, March 18th, and placed in isolation. On Friday, March 20th, we were contacted by the health department that his test came back positive for the coronavirus COVID-19. We immediately began contact investigations to determine which patients and healthcare workers may have been exposed. 14 patients and nine of our healthcare workers and employees had potential exposure. All of these individuals have been advised to remain on quarantine during this investigation. All of our potentially affected employees have been contacted. For our employees, if you have not been contacted, you've likely not been exposed. For a detailed recap of today's press briefing and a rundown of what precautions Kalispell Regional Healthcare has taken and will be taking, visit flatheadbeacon.com. Switching gears to our featured guest, on Sunday, March 15th, Governor Steve Bullock closed all K-12 schools in Montana for two weeks. That decision ended several days of questions throughout the state about whether or not keeping students, teachers, and administrators in close quarters was the right plan to attempt and contain the virus. Even before the governor's announcement, however, Kalispell Public Schools Superintendent Mark Flateau and his colleagues in the Valley had been bracing for mass closures, and we start our conversation there. 
When I asked Flateau to recap what the last several weeks, and particularly the last 10 days, have been like for administrators in the Flathead Valley's largest school district. This conversation was recorded on Friday, March 20th. It's been a well over two weeks that we begin to really start paying close, close attention. Um, I think it was that Friday, February 28th, when things just started revving up. So really, most of March, in particular, the last 10 days have just been just fast-paced, lots of information coming at us from so many different sources. I've reminded folks that we are making the very best decisions based on the information we have at the moment, and that could change one hour from now. I mean, that's how fast-paced it was. So we communicated out, and at that point, last weekend was an absolute blur. Every school administrator, I think, was was monitoring uh, emails, answering questions, and we actually had called an emergency central office meeting on a Sunday the 15th. We just knew that regardless, uh, we needed to get our heads together uh, just based on all the things that were folding out, had folded out over the last 48 hours. So we, um, we were in a meeting at the district office on Sunday the 15th when uh, it was social media. We started getting texts from, from folks saying, hey, the governor just canceled school. We, of course, sent notification to our staff and families on Sunday the 15th that school was canceled based on the governor's declaration. We were telling all staff to stay home on the 16th that our administrative team, our building principals, would meet. We met for nearly five hours on the 16th looking at, again, just planning. And then, most importantly, how are we going to support our kids and families? And so we brought staff back in on the 17th and 18th, and they did just unbelievable work. They pulled together. Certainly throughout all of this, everyone is balancing their own personal concerns, their family concerns, and then trying to balance that with meeting the needs of our kids. And I so appreciate how our staff worked this week. At that point, and even as we talk here today on Friday, there's been no decision from the governor's office about whether to extend these school closures or, or not beyond the end of spring break. But I'm wondering how much planning, how much of the work those two days, and, and even you know for some people working remotely the last two days as well, was preparing for what remote learning uh, for even an extended period of time could look like. Yeah. So just a, a couple of points of clarification. The governor yesterday in a press conference, which was very, very important to us as school educators, clarified that our funding is intact for these two weeks and that we do not have to make them up, which was we thought was clear when he made the announcement on last Sunday. But then Monday he held a press release and said, well, we're not sure if schools are going to have to make these up or not. We're not, and just threw everybody in kind of a tizzy fit. And then yesterday that was clarified. And it sounds like if the governor extends that that will be the case uh, in moving forward. So, mm-hmm. so to get back to your question, our principals, our staff have not only planned for the remainder of this week, but we've also planned for the first two weeks after spring break. So our plans to this point 
have actually gone through Friday, April 10th. So if he extends the closure, which we are are predicting that he will, uh, then we're we're really actually sitting pretty good in, in our preparations. And the longer that we go, the the more nimble, I'll say, the more flexible, the more responsive we have to be. We're already planning things after spring break that we're not doing now. To touch on on uh, the learning piece for for just a few minutes, what you know for remote learning is there a general plan from the district office for what that should look like? Is it being left to individual administrators of their schools, being left to individual teachers? I mean, what what is yeah. the mandate that's come down from your office? So we, we all have we we all have our our learning standards by grade level. We have our course objectives at the secondary level. So we we have clear marching orders, what to teach and what kids need to learn and what we will be held accountable for is very clear. So it wasn't a matter of what we were going to support, but I'll, I'll say it this way. For, for right now, the issue was, was equity. We knew that some staff you know, could could move to online instruction tomorrow seamlessly because they've been doing it. Many could not, and some that thought was you know frightening. Before we can roll out a full online support program, we have to make sure that everybody's on the same page. So, in our planning efforts, all six elementary principals came together, and it was the, the, the directive was this. What applies and the support that a third grader gets at Elrod is going to be consistent, not necessarily the same, identical, but consistent with the level of third grade support at Peterson or Rankin or Edgerton or any of our of our six elementary schools. So our element, elementary principals and our planning on Tuesday and, and Wednesday was done not necessarily, it was done at the building level, but there were times during those two days that kindergarten first grade teachers in the entire district were together, that second and third grade teachers were planning, that fourth and fifth grade teachers were planning together so that a consistent approach was being provided K-5, that our middle school administrators and staff worked together on what that looked like at the middle school. And to, to be very honest, that a lot of that of that discussion was not so much focused on this week, but what the two weeks after spring break would look like. And then our high schools got together, same conversation. We, we have the plans in place. Folks now have their marching orders, and we're supporting kids, in a, you know, in, in their learning in a variety of ways. And, and if the governor extends the closure, we'll continue to refine and move together to much more online presence, but still having paraeducators, our instructional assistants, calling kids, checking on them, uh, answering questions. So it's, it's very, it's very interesting, very unique, and, and at the same time, it's a, 
we we realize that we just have to be uh, I've used the word nimble more than once, but just ready to respond to whatever the the need may be, but at the same time have a very clear uh, path and plan in moving forward in support of our kids' learning. Right now, we're ensuring that everybody gets to a point of being able to provide consistent support. And then I think next, you know, after spring break, assuming the governor extends, I think you'll see we'll be able to uh, allow teachers to have a much greater online presence. We just want to make sure from an equity standpoint that kids are not being left out because maybe that classroom doesn't have that ability. So we're prepping, we're preparing, we're training, and then I think after after spring break and, and depending on how long it goes, the online will be something that is just very – and, again, that's the ability to literally um, teach a class, post a video. You know, we're, we're falling short. We don't have the expectation, just because I, I think it's not reasonable on a district our size, we don't have an expectation that Flathead High School is going to start the, their online class at, at uh, 8.15, which was the, the start time of first period when everybody was in the building. You know, that's, that's not reasonable. But the fact is that that class will continue, that uh, instruction will continue, and learning support will continue is, is certainly uh, the reality. What happens to uh, families that, that don't have... Uh, reliable internet access. Yeah, so we've we've been sharing that Spectrum, if they do have that service available to them, is are is uh, providing 60 days for now free. Uh, we will also be working with uh, those families, calling them, supporting them, and providing some alternate location sites. Possibly, right now, you know. As time progresses, we'll know more about the restrictions uh, of our school sites in supporting individuals. Right now, you know, we're operating that schools are closed. Therefore, other than allowing kids into buildings this week to pick up their personal items, to pick up their, you know, whatever it may be, we'll know more as time progresses as far as what that may look like. Do you have an expectation of when you may hear from the governor, and, and I guess at the same time, then when families and parents could expect to know with some certainty whether or not school is going to be back in session uh, on March 30th? We had an hour-long conference call uh, this morning. Governor's representatives were on the line along with just about every state agency that you can imagine, and the message was don't announce it Sunday before you know, the, the, the Sunday of, uh, of March 29th, they assured us that we would know well in advance. I would not be surprised if it's, if we hear, I, I will predict that we'll hear something no later than the first part of next week. And as soon as we know, then we'll share that information out. The good news is that we've already prepared. So the support that we're, they're receiving now will just continue and then continue to be refined as time marches on. It will look different. It's feeling very different. I walked into Flathead High School two days ago, and it was a eerie, sad experience, a building that is usually a beehive 
of activity till nine ten o'clock at night was silent and uh for an educator that's that's pretty sad so but we'll get through it to reiterate, as of this recording on Saturday, March 21st, no decision has been made by the governor's office regarding school closures beyond Friday, March 27th. For the latest information, visit flatheadbeacon.com or your local school district's website. We will be off tomorrow, but return on Monday with a new episode. In the meantime, you can subscribe on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and Acast for the latest updates. And, as always, keep checking flatheadbeacon.com for up-to-the-minute news. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.